like to spend using practical applications and end up with, uh, in Psalm 143 and in Jeremiah 33 and uh, maybe a few other psalms if time permits. Um, As a matter of fact, I'm going to, before I even read uh, Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer, uh, I'm going to invite you to, you can hold your finger in your Bible if you want to, but turn back to Psalm 143 and verse 8. Psalm 143, verse 8. This is actually the premise. I'm not sure if you're aware of it or not, but most pastors that preach will preach out of their own life story, out of their own life issues, out of their own life pains, out of their own life struggles, out of their own life journeys. So often when you hear someone preach, it's because of what God is ministering and doing in their life. And I'm going to be honest with you. Your situation at Providence has been on a lot of people's hearts. And it has caused a lot of people to cry out to God on your behalf. So my goal today is to help us find some hope and some answers into what God's Word says for the journey that all of us together are are on right now. You are on a journey. There is hope. Sometimes we don't understand the journey and exactly how things happen, but there is hope in the midst of a journey. And that's what I want to plant and instill in your hearts today. There is hope in your journey. There is no need to hang our heads and to say, oh my, we've been served a bad lemon here, or it's an unfortunate situation. I don't understand everything that God is trying to do, but I believe with all my heart God wants to do a work with you, with us, as a people here at Providence, <clears throat> excuse me, as one of the, as, as a witness for Christ and for Christ's kingdom. Psalm 143, verse 8. I'm gonna, I was going to close with this, but I'd like to start with one verse that, is, that has been on my heart as a cry. And that verse is verse 8, where the Bible says, Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. For in thee do I trust. The second part of that verse says, Cause me to know the way in which I should walk. For I lift up my soul to you. If I had to do it over, I'd probably entitle my message with that title because that's really what this is all about. Cause me to hear and cause me to know. Will you join me on this journey to see once what we can discover from God's Word. God's Word has the answers. It doesn't matter what situation we're in. The tougher a situation is, the more we should be driven to God's Word. I have found more answers from God's Word for the journey of life than anywhere else. We can go to people. We can get advice. Yeah, you have some advisors, some counselors, but I'm going to tell you right now, your true direction is going to still come from God's Word more so than from what four men are going to say, unless those men, and I trust they are, are rooted and grounded in God's Word. You're Matthew's Gospel. Let me start out by reading Matthew 5, where we'd like to get to today. I kind of got carried away there, didn't I? But I just, that's what's laying on my heart this morning, because I usually just start by going into Scripture and reading. But, uh, I wanted to share with you that um, um, 
I believe in God's answers. Let's believe together. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 13. And let me just share a few things about uh, the setting of what happened before, um, before Jesus spoke these words. Jesus, early in his, I wanted to say career, but early in his ministry, early in his public ministry at age 30, called the people together, and he saw the multitudes. He saw the vast amount of people. He saw their needs. So he went up into a mountain. And if you can picture him going in Capernaum, where he spent a lot of his ministry on the northwest corner of the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he went up partways into one of those mountains. And when he was there, he sat down. His disciples, the twelve men whom he had chosen, they came to him. And it's like Jesus just opened his mouth. And the resources that flowed from that mouth were, came out because of what he had filled himself up with. We will speak what we fill ourselves up with. I'll make a bold statement right now. If we spend a lot of our time watching football, that's what we're going to talk about. If we spend more time watching football than we do immersed in God's Word, I'm not against football, don't get me wrong, but if we spend more time there than in the things of God, that's what our conversation is going to be about. Do you believe that? Is that pretty rank? So, Jesus opened his mouth. And he taught them. And what was in the innermost being of his heart, that's what flowed out. And these were the words that he spoke. There were 101 verses in what he spoke. I will get to reading this soon. 101 verses, about 10%, 11 of those verses, were focused on what we call the Lord's Prayer which is actually a model or a pattern for me. I believe John 17 is really more of the Lord's Prayer. But this is his model. In that prayer, as we read it soon here, I want you to notice that from verses 9 to 15, notice the words that he used. Words of endearment. Your Father. Our Father. Your Heavenly Father. Notice that as I read this shortly. But verses 5 to 8, prior to what the, the, the actual words of the Lord's Prayer, there's 125 words given that tell us how not to pray and when to pray. Secondly, only half as many words are used in the actual model and pattern, 66 verses 125. 35 of those words have an emphasis on God. 31 of those words have an emphasis on our personal needs. And sandwiched in between God and our needs, or our needs are sandwiched, excuse me, our needs are sandwiched in between an emphasis on God on one hand and ending with an emphasis on God. That's the model. That's the, pro, 
what, what God wants to use. We won't get to this, but the last two words are to reinforce a few words, the principle of forgiveness. So is Jesus saying, when he says, forgive us our debts, is he saying, I want to come back and reassure you in two, wor- two, two verses. It's so important that after I tell you all this, I want to come back and tell you that one of the most important principles in this is the principle of forgiveness. So, with that, we go to picturing um, how Jesus spoke these words. Matthew 6, verses 5 through 15. And when you pray, you shall not pray like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, or closet, some versions say, and when you've shut your door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you even ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. And here's the actual model. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. God, illuminate these words off of the scriptures, off of this pages, God, and anoint my lips to speak only truth. Anoint our ears to hear what you want to teach us. And thank you for hearing our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. As you look look back at those words that I just read, notice the endearment of the words, your heavenly Father, your Father. Have any of you seen that picture before? Let's strike a bell. Some of you have. I was a young lad when our country gained the hope of a very young president, the youngest one ever. As I look back in history, most of the presidents prior to John JFK were, seemed like older men. And all of a sudden, a young man, the youngest one to be, uh, to serve in the office of president, came into, <clears throat> into that office at age 42. And this was a picture that I remember when it was on the outside of magazines, which, <clears throat> excuse me, which, on the outside of magazines, which would be like our world magazine, Time magazine today, it was on Life magazine of JFK with his children in the Oval Office. 
You know what message that sent to our nation, to us as people? I didn't realize at the time as much as I do now, looking back. It sent a message that we have a president that has at his, in his control a button that he could press and the atomic bombs would go off. He could have blown Cuba off the island with a press of a button, especially when, uh, what was his name, Castro, Fidel Castro rose up and started threatening and sending ships too close. He'd tell him, you get those ships back where they belong or I'll, or I'll get rid of you guys. But at the same time, you know what he did? He cared enough that he let his children, as he was making, signing the most important documents and reading news, he let his children play in his office. And he even had a hole in his desk that they peeped out of. That's what one of those is. And you can see him cheering him on there as his children were playing. Why, do I, why did that come to my mind? Because that's the way our father is. Your father, our father. We have a heavenly father that cares about our needs. He knows my name. He knows who we are. In spite of the fact that there's 7 billion people living on this planet today, He knows me, Dwendal, Emily, your family, all of us in here. He knows us by name. We are, the Bible tells us that we are redeemed. We are chosen. We are called. He knows us by name. Let's just look at the overall pattern of this prayer. And as you pray, we don't use the Lord's Prayer too often in our services anymore. Do you know that there are services where no services, can, or there are uh, gatherings, worship services, that no service is conducted without the use of the Lord's Prayer? It's our Amish people, our roots, most of our roots, probably all of our roots. Why do they do it? It's a form of respect. Do I believe it's a, it's a repetition? Yeah, but I respect the fact that they quoted it every time. No service is complete. Over the years, when we had baptism services or weddings, when there were Amish in attendance, I always used the Lord's Prayer. You've probably heard that. Why did I do it? As a form of respect. Because that's what they respect. Do I think it has to happen? No. But respect the culture we came from. That's what I believe, and that's what I want to encourage you as well. That's why. uh, But it's a model. So the model is... Uh, that I see here is it's an emphasis on God and His kingdom. So, and that is by praise and priorities. Praise, awe, reverence, respect. Our Father in heaven, hallow, reverence, respect, awe, your name. um, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. A sign of surrender. It's giving priority to His kingdom, His lordship, You are in charge of my life. I believe you're in charge of the rain yesterday. You're in charge of the rain today. Of course we would have desired a nice day yesterday like it was, maybe not like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, the extense heat. But we would have liked to have a dry day. But it was okay. There were a lot of festivities going on in Berlin. Would have been nice to have it. But God's in charge, giving Him priority. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Because that's the way it's followed in heaven. Now, notice, only after giving those priorities, then we talk about ourselves. And notice what the words that are used. It's never I, me, my. Those Those are words of entitlement. But it's us. Forgive us our debts. 
Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us. Deliver us. Did you ever notice that? Never is the word me, my, and I used in the Lord's Prayer. It's us. We're a team. We're in this together. We're part of a body. We're part of a church. And then he caps it off by again coming back and saying, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. To me, that's a beautiful prayer model that we have given. You probably can't see that too easily, but this is a, I, I think I shared this once before here, but somebody sent me this in the last month or so, and it was a good reminder for me. Let me just, uh, I'll just step over here so I'm not, I'm not blocking your view, but this is a, a good way to pray. If you, if you, did I share this before here? If I did, let me just re- repeat it again, because I quit doing this, and about a month ago, somebody sent me a text like this, this very thing, and it was good for me to see it, because it reminded me Pray first for those closest to you. If you, hand your, if you hold your hand right here, what's closest to my nose? What's closest to me? My thumb, it kind of protrudes back. Maybe yours doesn't. Uh, you know, it doesn't stick like that. It comes back towards me. So pray for those closest to you first. Pray for your wife, your family, your children, your mom, your dad, your best friends. Pray for those closest to you. Number two, the index finger. Pray for those who point you in a right direction. Pastors, leaders, elders, doctors, lawyers, judges. Pray for those tallest in the land. This is the tallest finger for most of us. I guess my hand's normal. Yeah, it's the tallest. Pray for those tallest. Our government, instead of just bashing our president and his for- our former president and those involved like that, just breathe a prayer for them. Or our government officials in Holmes County, even our, our commissioners. Then our weakest finger, the ring finger, is considered to be the weakest. Pray for those who may be sick or emotionally distraught or weak in whatever situation. They're going through a struggle. Pray for those people. And you know what that last little pinky finger is? Myself last. We sing a song, J-O-Y, J-O-Y, J-O-Y must be Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. It's a good model to use, I believe, um, for prayer. When we pray, instead of having a, you know, there's several different, if you look at my hands, if I stand here like this, you get a feeling, if I stand up here like this, you get a different feeling, or if I go like this, than if I have my hands out like this, is that right? Would you harmonize with that? This is more a symbol of surrender. God, I give myself to you and what you have for me. I surrender all to you. What do you have for me? I want to be part of your plan. A few years ago, we traveled to Alaska, and we drove right up with our ship close to an iceberg. We just saw a little bit of the iceberg coming out, uh, sticking out of the water. But under, I am told that 90% of an iceberg is underneath the water. That's what prayer is to our life, to stabilize us, to give us strength and security. It's what it is. It's the foundation. Now, 
I'd like to just spend a few moments just giving some practical applications as we wrap this up. That's just simply a practical prayer uh, that you can read over on the, especially the right-hand side. It's putting it in today's language. But the Lord's Prayer is a model that is so beneficial and so helpful for us. Now, in a few practical ways, because of what was laying on my heart recently, I put a whole bunch of verses on here, and we won't cover them all. I'm going to let you glance on them. Look at some of the highlighted words. In prayer, in prayer and crying out, those are similar words. Prayer is used 394 times in the Bible. Where do you think it's used most in Scripture? What book would you guess it's used most of the time, more than anywhere else? 394 times, how often? Somebody want to take a guess? Where is it used most? In what book? You probably read it a lot. You probably start off with it. Don't be afraid to say it if you're thinking about it. Proverbs, wisdom book, yeah. It's Psalms. It's close. Crying out is used 145 times. Some of these verses refer to prayer and crying out. Your brains can think faster than I can talk. So just look at some of those verses on prayer of what God wants to do, what's involved in prayer. Now look at some of these verses on crying out. Just reassurance that our cries go out to God. Prayer is crying out to God because of our needs. These are all, there are so many verses in Scripture. I just challenge you in this way. If you, if you have a commentary or if you just go on one of your Bible apps and, and punch in crying out or prayer, there's so much that you can see on what God wants to do. Yeah, sometimes we're in the depths. It involves waiting. He gives, makes us bold with strength. He's our refuge. And I'd like to close by having you turn to Jeremiah 33.3 Jer- and then to Psalm 1 where we started off. Jeremiah 33.3 is a verse that I just want to leave with you today. And in Jeremiah's gospel, the book of Jeremiah, which is in the Old Testament, uh, after the Psalms, after Isaiah, before the, the, the minor prophets, but Jeremiah 33, the Bible says, Call to me, and I will answer. It's not saying maybe I'll answer. Sometimes God doesn't answer immediately. I like Brent's illustration of how he watched the weather channels change from one to the other or the, the weather projection. God always answers our prayer. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes wait. But he answers. I believe that. Call unto me, I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. And in Jeremiah 29, I just want to talk about this a little bit. We know the verse fairly well in verse 11. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper for you, to give you peace. But there's several verses that I want you to take note of. And this is what I want to leave with you today. Verses 12, 13, and 14. Uh, I think if you, if you Google um, 
the verses, Jeremiah 29, 11 is one of the most beloved verses across our nation, a Christian nation. But what we, don't off, what we often don't realize is verses 12, 13, and 14. Then you shall call and pray to me, and I will listen. We like that first part, but sometimes we forget that God wants us to call and pray. You shall seek me and find me. When you search for me half-heartedly, no, with all our heart, I will be found of you. I will bring you back. I will gather you. Those are promises from God and His Word. Now, Psalm 143. I want you to just take a... Would you turn to that? And I want to read this portion of Scripture as we close today. Yes, we focused on the Lord's Prayer. A model. My encouragement to you is make Psalms a very active part of your life right now. I have, a, I have a way of reading through Scripture. This morning I read Psalm 99 because it's September the 9th. And I can't help but note a few things that it said there. They called and he answered. He answered after they kept his testimonies. We have a part to do. We just think God is, deserves to answer our prayers. But it says, it reminded me this morning in my reading that after we kept his testimonies. Now, Psalm 143, listen to these words because I want to share this with you as the last thing I say today. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to my supplication. In your faithfulness, answer me. Verse 5, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Verse 7, answer me speedily. Isn't that what we often want? We want God to answer us immediately. And God doesn't always do that. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit. And then that verse that I shared to start with, cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. Cause me to know the direction. That's my prayer for you as a congregation. Deliver us. Teach me to do your will. Verse 10. Revive me or preserve me. And verse 12. In your mercy. And it ends like this. For I am your servant. David, as the king of Israel, didn't give us those words, and then say, I'm in charge. Listen to me, I'm in charge. But he said, he ended up by saying, for I am your servant. One story that I have clipped in my Bible comes to my mind that I want to share with you yet, and that is of a young lady who, at age about almost two years old, faced a tremendous amount of adversity, and um, I can't lay my eyes on it, so I'll just tell you the story as best I know it, faced some adversity in that they all thought that she was, she was kind of psychotic because she had lost her eyesight due to scarlet fever. Her name was Helen Keller. Her father said he didn't give up on this little girl. He said she's not dumb and deaf. 
So he traveled all the way back to where he had lived somewhere in the New England states from Alabama, and he found a tutor named Ann Sullivan, and he hired her and paid to take her back down to Alabama to teach his daughter, who at age five began to understand when Ellen Keller put her hand under a, a pump of water and started spilling water into her hand so she could understand. And she, she, she changed from a person that was frustrated at the world, that was mad at life, that was kind of like schizophrenic. She changed because the story went on to say, as I recall, is she desired to be understood to be heard what she says. That's how we are when we call out on God. We want to be heard. We want to be understood. And that's what God wants to do for us. Lord Jesus, take the words of Scripture and teach us what you want to from your word. I want to pray, God, for your divine direction on this congregation the leadership, the elders, whoever is involved at Providence. I pray for the four men who are involved in giving direction. We believe, we trust that good is going to come out of that. But Father, enable us to be men and women who cry out to God and pray and bathe our congregation, our life, our families, and everything we have into your hands. We believe you have a future for us to give us a future and a hope. We believe with all our heart. Thanks for hearing our prayer, and I just pray um, for your divine blessing and grace and protection to surround and cover us and this congregation. In Jesus' name, amen.